Hello and welcome back to the Relationships on Reddit podcast. I am your host, Alexander Grace, and this podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. So wherever you're listening, whether you're driving somewhere, you're doing chores around the house, or maybe taking a walk through nature, I just want to say welcome. We've got three stories today. The first story is of a man and wife who are having difficulties with one of the wife's former friends who confesses that he's in love with her, and they're trying to deal with that. Our second story is a very strange one. It's a man who keeps having sex with his wife while she's sleeping. And the third story doesn't come from Reddit. It's actually an email that I got, and it's a real doozy. It's about a woman who continuously cheats, but he keeps going back, and he's blaming himself, and there's there's a lot in that particular one. A very interesting story, so make sure you keep listening to the end. But we're going to start off with our first story. The title is My, a 30-year-old male, wife's 27-year-old female, longtime friend, a 28-year-old male, admitted he's in love with her. My wife has a guy friend of almost 10 years. They have no sexual or romantic history. However, before her and I started dating, he confessed his feelings for her. She turned him down, but accidentally gave him false hope by trying to spare his feelings. Instead of telling him that she wasn't interested, she told him his shortcomings, which included long distance. He was moving away for work, and she told him that she didn't want a long distance relationship. Many years later, he moves back. Her and I are now married, and he seems to accept this. She assumes that he no longer holds a flame for her, and wants to resume the friendship. Everything started out well, and we all got along, but little red flags started to emerge. He became focused on participating in activities that she does, but I do not, one of which was regularly attending church. He grew up religious, but was not an avid churchgoer. A few weeks ago, my wife wanted me to attend a particular Sunday service. When she told him that I was coming along, he basically asked, why is he coming if he's not religious? Her answer was that I was there to support her in her faith. This was a very minor incident, and we didn't think much of it. The three of us attended church that morning, and everything seemed fine. Every encounter I had with him had either been neutral or pleasant. Then, one evening, the three of us attended a piano concert. Her and I arrived just as it started, and took our seats next to him after a quick greeting. She wasn't feeling well, so she snuggled up close to me. At intermission, he looked visibly upset, and said that he is leaving. We asked what was wrong, and he alluded that we weren't paying enough attention to him. He was also upset that we didn't arrive early so we could chat and hang out, which wasn't discussed. However, we did invite him to hang out at our place before the concert, which he didn't. The point of the evening was to enjoy listening to music together. I suspected that he was upset because I was getting all of her attention. Anyway, he left and we didn't dwell on it. Then, yesterday, he refused to go to church with her because he found out that I will be attending. When asked why, he essentially said that my presence in a church as a non-believer offends him. To make things 100% clear, I do not criticize or defame religion. I am simply not religious. I am respectful at services, I follow the norms, I listen and I don't play on my phone. At this point, my wife and I try and analyze what's really going on. We had our suspicions, and eventually via text, he admitted that he is still in love with her. He also confessed that when she turned him down years ago, he seriously considered quitting his career to marry her. Not pursue or date, he was going to quit his career and propose to her. My wife isn't interested in him, but wants to salvage the friendship. She's going to talk with him today about it. 
I support her in this and we both agree that the following needs to happen. He has to get over her or at least control his feelings. He cannot be passive aggressive, aggressive or negative towards us because we are married and affectionate towards each other. Our PDA is very mild by the way. He needs to accept that I am more important in her life than he is. He doesn't have to be my friend, but he has to get along with me. He cannot cause any tension in our marriage. If he does not agree or cannot follow these rules, he is not welcome in our lives. Are we going about this the right way? Any advice, criticisms, guidance, etc. So, there you have it. Alright, let's get into the analysis. Let's go right back to the start. Back when he first confesses his feelings to her. Now. In the story here, it says that she wants to spare his feelings, uh, and that she did so accidentally. And instead of telling him that she wasn't interested, she just said, well, we're long distance, and so it's not going to work out. Essentially saying that she was trying to be kind. And I understand that impulse to try and be kind, and to let somebody down gently. I, I do understand that. But you can't escape the fact that when you do that, when you are dishonest with somebody about the reasons why you're rejecting them, you are actually not being kind. The kind thing would be to give them honesty. If you're not interested in a person, you need to tell them that absolutely straight. There's no excuse for not doing that. You need to be completely authentic and say exactly why you're not pursuing anything romantic with them. If they're not high quality enough as a partner for you, you need to say so. If you're not compatible for some other reason, you need to say so. If they're too ugly, too short, too poor, whatever it may be, you need to say why. Because look at the intensity of the consequences of avoiding that. You know, this guy, and I'm not a fan of this friend, this they come coming back into their lives. Like I don't I don't think he's a good guy, and I'll get into that later, but look at what he's been through as a result of her not being honest with him. He's spent years not growing, you know, just sort of stuck in the same place. And and why wouldn't he? You know, he's in love with this woman. She says that the only reason they're not together is because he's, you know, long distance and that's not going to work out. So why would he change? Why would he examine himself? Why wouldn't he just stay in love with this girl and hope that one day when he's not long distance that they can re reunite and start something romantic? It 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 makes it makes it makes sense what he's done and it's it's rational to a certain degree now for the woman you know this guy's wife she's not responsible for his feelings but she is absolutely responsible at least partly for him staying stuck where he is you know that's her fault because had she been honest this wouldn't have this wouldn't have occurred and and also this is giving her the most generous possible interpretation that she didn't give the real reasons out of a misguided attempt to be kind to this person. But, you know, let's be real. Even if that's part of her motivation, like just to spare his feelings, that would at most be like 20%. Honestly, I think that the main thing guiding her here is that she just wants to spare her own discomfort. And I mean, again, that's understandable, but you've got to own up to the fact that that's what you're doing. It's not nice to be mean to somebody. You know, it's not nice to have to reject somebody and give them news bad news and nobody really wants to deal with an upset or angry person or inflict those kind of emotions upon another person but it's for her own selfish desire to avoid that kind of discomfort and unpleasant situation that has been the main cause of why she let this guy down gently and didn't tell him the truth 
And it's really interesting. I don't find many women, when they're talking about rejecting men, are comfortable admitting that this is this is one of the things that guides them, that they're just, oh, I just didn't want to deal with him being upset, so I, I just gave him a white lie. But if you go back onto my YouTube channel, one of my earlier videos, it's actually one of my favorites. I, I send this to people, you know, in my real life, if they're interested to know what I do with my channel. This is one of the videos I'll send them. It's the video on orbiters. And in one of the questions I'm asking, why don't women just be upfront with these men who orbit them? You know, these guys who have been friend zoned, like a guy confesses feelings. I like you. The woman says, oh, that's sweet. I don't know, maybe, you know, and it's not an outright rejection. All of the women said to begin with, oh, I just, you know, I didn't want to be cruel. I didn't want to be mean. I wanted to spare their feelings, you know. And I'm sure that's part of it. I'm not denigrating that. But when I pushed them on the matter, you know, when I asked further questions, it came out that one of the reasons why they didn't come clean about the reasons for rejecting the guy was because they enjoyed having that person's attention. They enjoyed having that man like them and, and all of the benefits that came with it. So you see, you've got this this dual motive when you're trying to be kind to somebody in a rejection. You know, part of it is is a misguided attempt to be compassionate and generous and spare their feelings, but a large part of it is selfish, either out of your desire to avoid the negative reaction or because you actually quite like the fact that this person's hung up on you. And women will always talk about the good part. I don't even know if I should make this gendered. This is probably just humans. You know, if there's ever two motives behind a particular action and you question somebody's motives, they'll tell you the the reason that paints themselves in the best possible possible light. Like but <laughs> I really think in this situation, that's the minority of the intention or the motivation. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, I feel like we could move so much further, you know, in our relationships and our communication, if people could just be honest and just say, look, it was just easier for me to lie to him, you know, and why not admit that to the husband? You know, why say, oh, I accidentally gave him this, um, this long distance line just say, you know what, I, I just couldn't kind of deal with it and I didn't want to deal with it. Um, but I think that we need to now look at the wife's relationship with the husband because I, I think that there is another possibility going on here. And oh, it's always quite speculative to try and read between the lines. But but hear me out here because see if you can follow my logic. She, This woman has already proved that she's willing to lie to a man in order to spare that man's feelings or to make it easier for herself. So she's already admitted that that's something that she's capable of. So therefore, why would you assume that she's telling you the truth? You know, the way that she's presented how they how they ended their friendship or their potential romance and how she rejected him, why would you assume that she's giving you an honest account of that when she's already admitted that she's quite comfortable being dishonest? It's possible that she didn't just say to this man, that the only reason is a long distance um, relationship won't work for her. She may have said other things as well. She may not have even said that. Maybe she gave him a lot more hope than she's actually admitted to her husband. Maybe she's left out a lot of details of that conversation that actually showed that she was indicating a lot more interest than she's letting on. You know, I think that it's possible that she even said to this guy that she liked him. And, you know, think about it. If we look at the guy's response, to how he's taken this whole um, rejection and then coming back into their lives, 
he's really, really confident, you know, and he's really, really keen. He was willing to quit his job and propose to her. Now, if this was a woman who gave a clear rejection, I don't think that he would take that action. I think that she must have allowed him to continue to believe or potentially even led him on in order for him to contemplate such an extreme, you know, course of action as proposing to her. You know, for him to stay in love with her for all of these years, I don't think that this is the normal predictable behavior of somebody who is experiencing pure unrequited love. I think this is the behavior of somebody who has been led to believe that there is a possibility and there is a chance. And I think that the wife is downplaying the degree to which she's responsible for his current state of mind. The other option option is that they actually did have some kind of relationship and that maybe he's sworn to secrecy and she's not told her husband. But considering how this guy's behaving, it would not surprise me if something romantic could have been a kiss, could have been one night of sex, could have been a small casual relationship, if something like that did go on and the husband just doesn't know about it because the boldness with which this guy has come back into their lives and the willingness of this wife to kind of make excuses for him, it seems extremely suspicious to me. So let's talk about that more. Let's, let's fast forward to the current day. She says that she assumed that he no longer had any romantic feelings for her. Isn't that weird? Why would you assume that? Has he given you any indication that his romantic feelings would have faded? You know, to just make that assumption is incredibly solipsistic or um, like self-centered, like narcissism. Like just because you've moved on, why would you assume that he has? Did, did you ever ask him when he came back into your life? Did you ever say, you know, when we last spoke, you had very intense romantic feelings for me. You were going to propose to me. Uh, do you still feel that way? Why would you just assume that because you want a friendship with him, that he wants the same, you know, for you? I think that's incredibly self-centered and it's not particularly kind to this, to this guy. And if you never gave him really good reasons for why you were rejecting him, like if you just said, oh, well, you know, you're moving away and I don't want to do a long distance relationship, why wouldn't he have kept his hope alive? Why wouldn't he still have feelings? That would be the thing to assume. It would be a lot more reasonable to assume that the state of affairs has just continued. So I think that this whole mess that this couple has found themselves in with this friend, I think a lot of the the responsibility for that falls on the wife because she took the easy way. She wasn't honest. She gave him false hope. And I I also, I don't like the way they're, they're dealing with this. You know, I think that's also suspicious because she says that she wants to save the friendship with this guy as obnoxious as his behavior has been, she's interested in maintaining the friendship. But why? I mean, this does not sound like a particularly nice person. He's clearly uh, passive aggressive, you know, having a hissy fit um, and leaving the concert early when he wasn't getting enough attention, you know, confessing that he's still in love with you when you've already moved on. That's really weird. He's actively trying to spend time with you away from your husband and he's undermining your marriage. He's trying to sabotage your marriage. I mean, these are not the actions of a nice person, the kind of person that you should want to be friends with. He's not a good guy. He's acting selfishly and he's, he's very immature. So why does she want to save the friendship? You know, what, what reason would she want to, to spend time with somebody like this? And so they're talking about putting down this, this list of, of actions that he needs to take um, a certain criteria that they're going to lay down that if he can fulfill them, he can stay in their lives. 
And I can understand the thought process behind that list. You know, it sort of seems like a line in the sand, drawing boundaries, and it seems strong, but I don't think that it's realistic. You know, this guy has feelings for her. Feelings are feelings. You can't just present somebody with a list and expect him to not have feelings anymore. So really, in doing this, all you're going to be asking from him is to pretend that he doesn't have feelings. You know, that's kind of your best case scenario. But why would you ask that of somebody? You know, you've got to look at reality. And the reality is that his, he's in love with this girl, or at least thinks that he is. And with that as the state of affairs, there's no good outcome here. You know, you just need to move on. It's not a good situation. I don't think there's much to, to salvage. And again, forgive my suspicions. But in this post, he says that she's going to go and speak to him about it. I think that's suspect. I don't think that she should go by herself. You know, why, why would she go alone? You know, on the one hand, you could say, oh, well, you know, I don't have to get involved with this. You know, this is a mess that you created with your friend. You, you go deal with it. And I can understand that. But honestly, I think that the situation's more serious than that. I wouldn't trust her alone with this, with this bloke. I would want to see how she interacts with him, how, she, how strong she's willing to be. And if potentially, if emotions get high, what details come out about their former relationship and the way they ended things that you potentially don't know, that you don't know about, you know? So I would go along with her, I'd let her do the talking, but I would be there watching to see how she is. I certainly wouldn't take charge of the situation because this isn't his mess to fix, it's her mess to fix. She needs to be the one doing it, but I think that there's more to this story that's still to come out. Anyway, that is my take. What I love to do on this podcast is also check in with the comments on Reddit. Just read out three or four and see see what other people think about a situation. So we're going to go ahead and do that now. So first comment, you guys are being way too lenient and your wife is probably allowing a fear of confrontation and hurt feelings to put her and your marriage in a compromising position. This isn't a child in need of discipline or a new puppy being taught how to behave indoors. This is an adult man with an unhealthy fixation on your wife who has made lifestyle decisions to be closer to her and pursue her romantically. You're treating him as if he couldn't be expected to know that his behavior is unacceptable. Of course he knows, he just doesn't care. Bingo! That is an on-point comment, exactly right. This guy, there's no reason to be giving him the benefit of the doubt. He knows what he's doing, uh, he's doing it on purpose, and I think that that reveals him as somebody who can't be trusted as a friend move on. Next comment. The only conclusion I can draw as to why she wants this guy around him around after putting him on the moves twice and once while she was married is that she likes the attention he gives her and wants to continue being his ultimate goal. I agree. I think it's suspicious that she still wants to be friends with this person and that they welcomed him back into her lives. I think she's getting something out of the relationship and I think that Whatever that something is, is unhealthy and it's going to undermine your marriage. So I would put a stop to it quickly and I'd have a very frank and deep conversation with her about exactly what that thing is. Next comment. Since the original poster used church instead of a mosque or a temple, I'm going to assume his wife and this other guy follow some version of Christianity. Thou shalt not commit adultery is one of the Ten Commandments. Ah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, this guy's a hypocrite when it comes to religion. I think one of the commandments, I'm not an expert on this, might be you shouldn't covet your neighbor's wife 
I mean, I would think that's the commandment that's even more uh, pertinent to this particular situation. But yes, definitely. I mean, this guy, I don't even imagine that he's particularly religious since he seems to, to treat these, um, his behavior he goes flies in the face of what the, his religion's telling him to do. Just further evidence that I think that he's just using this whole thing to get closer to her, which is really, really wrong. He should be respecting your marriage. Last comment we'll do for this story. Honestly, wake up. He's out to steal your girl. How are you two tolerating his nonsense? Is she so hard up for good friends that she wants to be close to this fox? Yeah, no, that's telling it as it is. Look, get rid of this guy, remove him from your life, and then the real issue here is her and the way that she's been behaving. That's what the original poster hasn't spoken about, but that's actually where the, the hardest conversations are going to be in this situation. And it's not unsalvageable. If you actually do start to communicate and you find out exactly where she's coming from, then you can move forward. But until those conversations are had, I think that it's going to be unpleasant and, well, all the more reason to deal with it as quickly as possible. But that is that story. That was a pretty intense start. Maybe I should I'd try and find a lighter story to sort of begin us off with. <laughs> uh, oh, well, we'll move on to the next story. Maybe that'll give us what we want. But before that, I'll just quickly talk about the the sponsor of our podcast. That is Man Made Media. We've had a bunch of people download the videos and the feedback has been really positive. These videos are fantastic. What they use is simple animations and simple storytelling to show scientific studies and the, the background, the methods, the results, and the conclusions of all this academic research that's being done into human sexuality, gender, attraction. There are two videos out at the moment. One of them is on booty calls and what people, what the different genders look for in a booty call partner. And the second video is called The Ovulation of Strippers. And it's this fantastic research that was done that's really important for understanding why women have concealed ovulation and what impact that actually has on human attraction. Fascinating stuff. The videos are only $5. That's not much. So I really recommend just log onto the site, make a purchase, see what you think, try it out. I guarantee that you'll like them. So just $5, give it a shot. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just check it out in the description box, click on the link. If you're listening to this on audio, go into Google and type man-made-media.myshopify.com. All right, let's move on to our second story. It's titled, My Husband Has Sex With Me While I Sleep. What the hell? I've been married five years. The sex is good and usually regular, providing we're not fighting. But my husband has been having sex with me while I'm asleep. I know it sounds crazy. I'm a very heavy sleeper and he's taking advantage of it. On a few occasions, I've awoke to him fingering me and about to put it in. If he knows that I'm waking up, he stops. I'm all for being woke up for sex, but what is driving me crazy is that he stops every time and pretends like he isn't doing anything. I hate sleeping in clothes. I'm a naked sleeper, but I don't think that's an open invitation, right? Last weekend, I woke up again to him trying to get his dick in me. He froze, and, and he froze until I acted like I was still asleep. I wanted to see how far this is going to go. I pretended to sleep and wake up three different times. Every time I woke up, in inverted commas, he pulled out, heart racing, and held me in position real tight until I fell back asleep. Finally, he finished all over me and went up to get a towel, and I said, Was that good for you? He tried to act like he was asleep. I told him I was awake the whole time and asked why he did that and why he thought it was okay. His answer? I was horny. It won't happen again. Fast forward a week. 
I haven't been talking to him all week. I go to bed with clothes on all week because the thought of him doing it again just disgusts me. I confront him about it. He acts like it's no big deal. I'm his wife, so it should be fine. He wouldn't care if I did that to him. And when I asked why he stopped when I woke up, he says that it's because he knew that I'd be mad and he didn't want to get caught. I'm trying to wrap my head around the whole thing. I'm pretty open-minded. If it was a fetish or something, maybe I could be okay with it, but he'll not give me anything. At this point, I feel like I can't trust him anymore and I don't know what to do. Has anyone else ever dealt with this? Do you think I should believe him? He is only admitting to doing this one time, even though I've told him I've caught him before. Oh, holy shit. I mean, that is messed up. What the actual fuck is he thinking? That is a, that is heavy. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I want to talk about the nuance of this situation, but I'm a little bit nervous. So let me just put a disclaimer. In case any part of my analysis sounds like I'm in, in any way excusing him or anything like that, I just want to make this clear from the start. Having sex with somebody, even if you're married while they are asleep and you have no prior permission to do so, is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Ethically, it's wrong and it should be a crime. I think this guy's a creep and I, I think that she should leave him. I, I, I think this is basically unforgivable, but we will examine this. Let's Let's talk about it. But just keep in mind, nothing that I'm going to say should be in any way interpreted as an apology for him or his behaviors. So... First question, is this rape? I, I think technically, yes. I, I don't think it's as bad as if you just come across a stranger and then you violently restrain them and force them while they were just walking down the street. You know, it is your wife and you do have consensual sex with them. So it, it isn't as bad as what we technically usually think of as rape. But I still think that it's rape. It's pretty, it's pretty dark, this. Um, it reminds me of when on um, the Joe Rogan podcast, the evolutionary biologist Brett Weinstein was on with his wife, Heather, and they were talking about positive consent. You know, that that um, that thing where you're meant to obtain somebody's verbal permission before you put your hand on their breast or you insert your penis or, or whatever it might be. And they said, well, they've been married, so they haven't given each other consent for 30 years. <laughs> And what they're really pointing out there is that in marriage, new sexual rules do emerge. There is a kind of implied consent. And perhaps that's why this guy thinks that what he's doing is okay, because they have sex regularly. You know, there's maybe a an implied consent. I, I don't think that that implies in a situation where the other person is sleeping. I think that what he's doing is, it, it should be a crime. Um, being married shouldn't be a way to excuse it. But because they are married, I would imagine a case like that would be very difficult to litigate. You know, um, it, it does get a little bit messy. It reminds me of a law case I studied uh, back from 1991 here in Australia. I think it was in the state of Victoria where a judge ruled that you couldn't be raped. A woman couldn't be raped if she was married to the man who she's accusing of raping her. And it caused huge backlash uh the public was outraged, the The case got appealed and then overturned, and it was ultimately decided that, no, absolutely, you can still be raped in a marriage, which of course you can be. What a ridiculous idea that, that you can't be. But it, what's weird is that a judge did rule in the first instance that you couldn't be raped if you were married. And if you think about it, 1991 is not that long ago. 
You know, to think there are still people out there that think, that thought that if you were married, there's no possibility of rape. That's a little bit frightening. It's ridiculous. But it does give you an insight into the way people feel kind of about marriage. And potentially, because some people might think there's a bit of a gray area, it's important to talk about stories like this so that we actually get clarity on exactly what our, our feelings are as a society about the ethics of situations like this. Now, this guy, he seems to think because he's he's married that, that it's okay, but then there's no consistency there because he also seems to know that it's wrong because why else would he lie about it? Why else would he stop every time that he's getting caught? Um, why is he denying when she's trying to bring it up to him? So all these lies, all, all this manipulation and fraud, it, it shows that he's really a scumbag, this guy. You know, he knows that it's wrong and he's doing it anyway. and you know, the ethical concern is the biggest one, but just leaving the ethics aside for a second, how stupid is this guy? How absolutely moronic and dumb is he being on just a pure practical level? I have to ask, how on earth does he expect her continue to continue to be asleep while he has sex with her? Like, even if she's a heavy sleeper, you know, shaking somebody <laughs> on the non-sensitive part of their body, you know, their shoulders typically is enough to wake them up. The vagina is like the most sensitive part of the female body. You know, it's just covered in nerve endings for sexual stimulation. How is she going to sleep through that? Like, <laughs> as soon as he inserts his cock in her, she's going to wake up. Unless, I don't know, what's he counting on? Unless maybe his dick is like really small and he's just hoping that it barely, you know, scratches the side of her vagina. But even then, how did he think he was going to get away with this? And to top it all off, he comes on her at the end. <laughs> I mean, she's going to notice. How did he think he was going to get away with this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wait. He said that he was going to get up and get the towel. Maybe he was going to think he could wipe this off. Oh, man, this is really twisted. This guy's mind, honestly. You know, I actually think it's worth considering a really dark explanation because how how is he thinking if of getting away with this, you know, how are you not going to wake up while he's having sex with you? Well, this guy's already proven himself to be pretty okay with like non-consensual sex and lying and denying. He doesn't sound like a particularly ethical person. Is it possible that he's drugging this poor girl, you know, because if he slips something into a hot cocoa at nighttime that makes her a heavy sleeper, maybe that's how he's thinking he's going to be able to get away with this. I don't have any proof of that, but I, I don't trust this guy. I think that's a possibility. And I tell you what, thank God for Reddit. You know, thank God this woman was able to hop on the internet, write out all her thoughts, and then get feedback from other people who can tell her that this is not normal, that this is absolutely weird. Um, thank God. Thank God for the internet. So, I mean, this relationship has got to end. I don't think that there's any doubt. Five years marriage, yep. Yeah. D doesn't matter. I, I think this is sufficiently serious. He got caught and he admits to doing it once. You know, even even then, that opportunity to actually talk about it and to come clean, he doesn't take advantage of that. He just keeps on denying. He says, I've only done it once, but that's not true. She's caught him doing it multiple times. Now, possibly if after she called him out on it, he admitted everything, uh, he did a full account of his actions, he was genuinely remorseful, he sought therapy, he went to see a sexologist, you know, if, if that was the absolute end of it, and then he really came clean, 
then you, you could probably work on it, you know? Then the relationship's not doomed. But he hasn't done that. He hasn't taken any responsibility for his behavior. He's given her the bare minimum admission that he thought that he needed to in order to get away with it. And I would bet that in this week since, if she wasn't continuing to wear clothes, he would have just continued to do it. I mean, so I, I think that she needs to leave him. And maybe, you know, the threat of losing her will be enough to spur change in him. Maybe not, personally. I, I doubt it. But when you've encountered such a serious violation of trust, when someone has shown such disregard for your boundaries, I just don't think you can come back easily from that. So that's what I think that she should do. Let's talk briefly about him. Because he he's an interesting fellow. So... You, you want to know, why is he doing this? You know, why is he having sex with her while she's asleep? I haven't heard of this being like a fetish. I don't know if this is a common thing or, or if this exists. But, I mean, it's entirely possible that this could just be his particular kink. I can imagine that if he had a sufficiently large amount of sexual shame, then there could be some appeal in having sex with a body that's not conscious because then there's no witness to his shame. You know, there's nobody there looking at his him gratifying his own needs, and that might potentially be the appeal. Maybe he just finds sex is too emotionally intimate, and he actually just wants to gratify his sexual needs without the responsibility of dealing with another person's emotions. He doesn't like the personal contact of regular sex. Um, that's possible, though that's probably not likely, because I think she said that they have a regular sex life that seems normal. So what else could it be? It could be that that he just really enjoys the feeling of being purely selfish, you know? There's there's nothing in this sex for her. She's not even conscious or awake during it. You know, this sex is just for me. Maybe that's what he needs in order to feel safe and get off. Or the really dark explanation is maybe it could be a power thing. You know, it's all about control. He actually likes taking advantage of her. I mean, it's not not a pleasant thing to contemplate, but the human psyche can be a really dark place. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not that, but I, I, again, it is something you could work through with therapy. And if you have this fetish, I don't think that it necessarily precludes you from acting it out. It's just that you would need to do it very differently from this particular man. So if if you have this fetish and you're listening, please don't don't take any of what I'm saying as necessarily shaming you. I'm trying to shame. <laughs> I don't really want to shame anybody, but I'm. I, I guess I am. I'm very much judging his behavior, but I'm not necessarily, I don't want to judge his sexual impulses because you could do this in a regular way. So if if you and your partner, you want to explore this, you could just do a role play where she pretends to be asleep, you know, and that would allow you to live out your fantasy. You know, she keeps her eyes closed. She's completely unresponsive. She plays out the 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 role of being somebody completely unconscious, but she's not. And you've discussed it beforehand and you have complete permission and consent to do all the things but that could be one way of doing it or if that's not enough i think that you could talk to your partner try and explain why you have this fetish and what the appeal is and say that you really want an authentic experience and i think that she could give you consent beforehand she could say all right well when i'm asleep you like tonight you may do this thing you may try and have sex with me and i'll 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 sleep through it ideally <laughs> and even though she's not giving consent at the time, I think that that, that, that makes it okay. You know, if she gives consent beforehand, you know, that that's all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Look, I just think oh, it's just I'm I'm laughing and I feel embarrassed about laughing because it is a serious situation and it's very dark, but it's also so bizarre. It just is one of those things that makes you think about humans. You just wonder how on earth his mind got to this place where he he first of all likes this particular sexual practice and he also felt emboldened enough to do it. I mean, what a, what a bizarre set of circumstances. So, yep, moving forward, the most important thing to do is to talk to this person, you know, sorry, the, I think the most important thing to do is she needs to leave him. But if you have this kink, you need to talk about it, you need to explore it, you need to understand why it is you like it, you know, get to know the psychology behind this particular fetish. And, you know, that should be fun. I know people don't really like to talk about their, their sexual fetishes because they get embarrassed or they feel ashamed or they feel vulnerable or whatever. But it's a missed opportunity because your sexual desires are a fascinating window into your personality, you know, into your psychology, into your beliefs. By understanding what you find arousing, what makes you feel safe and get all hot and bothered under the collar, that is going to tell you a lot about who you are and what you think. So don't shy away from those conversations with your partners. Even if this isn't your particular kink, just as a general public service announcement to all of my listeners, if you've got a sexual fetish, talk, 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 talk with your partner about it. I, I guarantee you'll come up with gold and you'll be so much closer because of it. Do not keep it a secret. Do not have it something that you only explore, explore over the internet with anonymous women in porn movies. That's not good enough. Talk to your partner. All right. This should be interesting. Let's see what the comment section thought about this this guy. I know a lot of men on here are thinking, well, I would love for my girlfriend to fuck me while I sleep. Good for you. As a man, I probably would as well. But what's okay with you is not necessarily what's okay with every other guy. And it sure as hell isn't necessarily okay with every other woman. Yes, exactly. This guy thinks that what he's doing is okay because he'd be fine if it was done to him. Pfft, that's ridiculous. What kind of nonsense morality is that every single person is different they're going to have their own rules for consent That's, that doesn't give you an excuse to to do things you need to check with her yeah that kind of morality is is nonsense next comment my significant other and i have discussed being woken up with oral sex etc when you love and trust someone it's okay to set boundaries like that and trust that barring some later reversal your partner won't abuse it at some point down the line yeah no, absolutely. That's actually quite common. Um, I've heard stories of, of men being woken up by a woman giving them uh, a blowjob and they've never had any issue. Never, they've never been like, oh, I didn't consent to that. Um, but I have to imagine those situations, they, they probably have, there's been such an implicit like it's okay that the idea of consent doesn't even come into it. Or maybe they even spoke about it beforehand. So I think that the, what's really, really dark about this particular story is if he continues to do it after she's made it abundantly clear that it's not okay with her. You know, that's where it gets really bad. But, of course, when somebody's asleep, you know, if you're trying to to start sex, you know, you're trying to wake them up, you might start with, the, you know, the kind of foreplay actions, kissing them, stroking them, these kinds of things. We can't revert to a society where you need to get permission for every single thing that you do. Implicit consent is absolutely a thing and it needs to remain a thing um but there's no harm just having that conversation first if there is any particular doubt i've had two encounters where i woke up from a deep sleep to a man on top of me either screwing me or about to 
I still have fear because of those times, because they were sexual assaults. Neither were guys I was dating though, but I think that would make it worse, like a trust was broken. I don't care how long I've been with a guy or how many times we've had sex, at no point does my body belong to him to be used whenever he feels like it. Definitely. That's really sad what she's been through. Um, I don't know the circumstances around it, of course, but no matter what, that's absolutely inappropriate. <laughs> There's not nearly strong enough word to say rape is inappropriate. It's so much worse than being inappropriate. It's 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 cruel, absolutely cruel. But yes, your body never belongs to another person. Um, yeah, consent, 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 consent. All right, I think we've we've gone on this story enough. We'll just do one more comment. Um, here we go. There is a fetish called somnophilia, but I've only heard of couples playing with that knowingly or pretending to be asleep, but discussing it first. He's acting out his fetish, which has a necessary facet for him of real non-consent, and that's where the rape part comes in. All right, so we've got a name for it. The, a fetish for having sex with somebody who is asleep is called somnophilia. Somnophilia. That I can believe because there's that word that um in, insomniac, which means that you can't sleep. So som must be like Latin for sleep or something like that. So if you have this fetish and you didn't know what it was called, it is called somnophilia. But yeah, the other part of her comment is that part of his fetish seems to be the fact that there's a real non-consent. Um, and if that's the case, then all more reason for him to get to therapy. If you're turned on by the idea of somebody not not consenting and you just taking advantage of that i'm not saying that the psychology that has caused that particular fetish means that there's anything evil with you or anything like that it's probably very sad whatever circumstances led to you having that kind of belief but you need to sort it out it's not a fetish that you want to encourage inside yourself um it's a fetish you need a fetish you need to explore not in sex because it's a crime but you need to explore in therapy and understand where it came from and how you can work with it because otherwise your sex life is going to be predatory and just disastrous in every sense of the word. Oh, I was hoping for a lighter story. That one was... Oof. All right. Let's move on to our third and final story. Uh, this next email is from a fan, which actually just gives... Before I get onto that, let me just plug my Patreon because if you have a story that you would like to get my comment on, something you come across on Reddit, or maybe you have your own personal story that you just want some advice from, the best way to get that to me is through my Patreon. That's where you can find my personal email. It's also just a great way to support me and what I'm doing and support this podcast. We have a great community over there. I think there's like over 50 people. It's always growing. I post there every single day. It's not just some thing that sits there collecting money for me. I'm actively engaged on Patreon. So if you get value from this podcast and you appreciate what I'm doing, Please, it'd be great to get your support. Head on over to my Patreon page. I would love to see you there. All right, final story. This is an email that I was sent, and it's called Monkey Branch and Second Chances. He should have just called it Monkey Branch and Second Chance. But then again, I'm a sucker for things that rhyme. <laughs> uh, let's do the story. Met this wonderful girl back at the beginning of my last semester in college, 2015, and we kicked it off very well. We started hanging out and sleeping over at each other's places just about every night for that entire semester. We were holding hands around campus and telling each other that we were each other's favorite. We never really discussed having a label because at the time, for me, we both were showing affection towards each other and were very intimate, so naturally I thought that it was a given that we were both expressing interest in each other. 
During an intimate conversation one night, we got on the topic of her ex-boyfriend, and turns out she's been talking and sleeping with him the whole entire time as we were building this, as I would call it, relationship. When I asked her if she told him about us, she said, I didn't think there was a need to. I was clearly in love with this girl, and I thought by her actions and words prior to hearing about this ex-boyfriend that she was feeling the same. I asked her if she's completely over him, and if she was ever going to sleep with him again. She said she was done with him, and I gave her the benefit of the doubt and took her word for it. I quickly swept that under the rug and we continued to share each other's time and hung out that entire summer after I graduated. That fall was going to be her junior year and before she went back to school, I felt that since she was still in school, she should be able to have the freedom to date who she wanted. I expressed that to her and she replied, I wouldn't like you dating other people. Well, she took full advantage of that freedom and made out with a handful of people. During this time, we were still seeing each other about twice a week, and she was honest and open about it every time it happened. I didn't really let it bother me too much, because I just thought it was just innocent kisses on the dance floor. Then she slept with a mutual friend, and she was crying non-stop while she was telling me. I told her that things were over, and I couldn't do this anymore. I do take ownership in mistakes by allowing her to be with other people. I guess at the time, I thought it was the selfless thing to let her see what else is out there. We did not talk for a few weeks until she called me apologizing and for whatever reason I agreed to make things work and again gave her the benefit of the doubt because she was still in college and we did not have an official label. We made it official but it led to some arguments about the past to where she said that she was done and then she blocked me. At the time I simply moved on and did not really let it bother me. She reached out a few times to say hello but I was pissed that she blocked me and so I didn't really give her much attention. Yes, this story does have immaturity on both parts. We basically had zero communication for two years. Then, one day, I heard she brought home one of my hometown good friends, in brackets, someone I introduced her to while we were together. I texted her saying that if you really wanted to know why we did not work out, it was because of reasons like that. I don't really know how it happened, but then we started talking and agreed to try us again. I still had trust issues, so one day I went through her phone and saw that she was texting all these people she slept with while we were separated and never bothered to tell them she was in a relationship with someone else. I again was in the wrong, I know I feel guilty. This led me to asking her to switch her Facebook status to in a relationship, and she said that she wasn't really into that Facebook thing. I did not have Facebook myself, so I kind of understood what she meant. When I asked her about the people she was texting, she just said that they were just being friendly and did not see a reason why she had to tell them she was in a relationship. So many red flags I ignored, but that connection I felt, or thought we had felt, was real. Months into this new relationship, things started to seem good, and we began discussing marriage and starting a life together. Even with everything I mentioned when we were together, everything felt right and very special, and I believe we could have worked everything out. Fast forward to to months into this new relationship, she starts hiding her phone and acting real shady. One day, I was throwing a 60th birthday surprise party for my mum. With a month and a half notice, she claimed that she couldn't come because she promised her neighbour that she'd watch their kid while they go shopping and couldn't cancel on them because they only trusted her to watch her kid. That night, it's safe to say I had a few, and I called her out for hiding her phone and acting strange. I did not raise my voice, but I was pretty stern. It led to her saying, alright, this isn't healthy, and called it quits. I didn't beg, but I told her I wanted to make things work, and she said that she was not happy. I asked her if there was someone else, or if she didn't love me anymore. 
She said that it was always just me and that she loved me so much and that she just wanted to be alone for a while. <sighs> Before we broke up, I asked her if she wanted to go to this event, but she couldn't because she was going to her friend's going away party before he goes to boot camp. Well, turns out shortly after we break up, she becomes Facebook official with this guy whose party she went to and is all over Facebook saying how much she loves him and how she can't wait to get married. My question is how the hell do you get involved with someone who isn't even around and how do you fall in love so quickly to someone who isn't even there? Clearly there is zero chance of us ever working out again but I'm just hurt and confused. Like I said, I don't have Facebook, but what I hear is she is still liking my family's Facebook posts. Not that that means much, I just don't believe that it's appropriate. I tried asking for closure to get the full story on what really happened, but she said it wouldn't be good for her mental health. <laughs> oh my god, this woman. I didn't respond after that and just let it be. I know it sounds pathetic, but I'm still in love with her. I can't help but blame myself for not making her fully happy. My main question is how the hell do I move on? I tried to date other people, but I'm emotionally connected to her. Should I ever reach out if her current relationship fails? I'm currently 26 and she's currently 24. Please help. Oh. All right. Let's do this. Strap yourself in. Brew up some coffee. This is going to be a long one because there is a lot to talk about. All right, let's go back to the very start of the story. So she didn't want to put a label on their relationship. He just assumed that they were going to be exclusive and that they were official, but she didn't want to put a label on it. Now, this is a lesson for the person who wrote me this email and for everybody else listening. Hear me when I say that women like labels. Of course, there are exceptions, but as a general rule, women love labels. It makes them feel safe. It makes them feel secure and in control. You know, women don't have a, a woman in touch with her femininity, doesn't have that same desire for freedom and limitless expanse that a man has, where he feels like labels are a burden and a constriction on his inherent masculinity and his freedom. Women are not like that. They want to feel safe. They want to know what's what. And so, <laughs> I mean, typically, <laughs> typically, the sooner that she can put a label on it and lock you down, the better from her perspective. And if she's doing that, if, she's, if she wants to put a label on you, that's just a good indicator that she's really committed. You know, it might seem like a bit of a pain if you're just interested in something casual or if you're taking your time to get to know a girl better, but... Take it as a good sign for how much she values you if, in the early parts of a relationship, she's pushing for it to become official quite quickly. It means that she recognizes that you're a high-value guy and she wants to lock you down. And think about it. It makes sense because if you're a perfect 10, you're, like, you're her absolute ideal man, then she's not going to be okay with a casual relationship. You know, She's not going to want you to be her booty call. If you're really a high-value 10 out of 10 guy, She's going to want to spend the rest of her life with you. She's going to want to marry you. She's going to want to put a label on it and lock you down. And so the inverse of that is also true. If you're with a girl and she's absolutely fine with putting no label on it, be suspicious because that is a strong sign, a strong indicator that she's not committed or that she just doesn't think that high of you, that she doesn't want to commit to you. Now, this is your responsibility. What happened here with her sleeping with her ex-boyfriend that's your fault because you didn't ask. 
you know, you didn't you didn't talk about it. <laughs> and you've got to be honest and ask yourself, why not? Because I, I think I know the answer. I think it's because you were scared of how she'd respond. You were scared of the answer. You wanted to believe by your assumptions that this is a, a thing where you're both on the same page, that you're you're official, that you're both committed to each other. And you didn't bring up this conversation about her ex or about being official because you didn't want to know what she had to say. And she's not going to tell you. I mean, why, why would she? she? We can't blame her. She's not going to want to share these details because she's sleeping with her ex, which she wants to. She wants to have her cake and eat it too. She wants her ex-boyfriend and she wants you. And obviously being honest about that with either of you is not in her best interests. And so the onus is on you to ask these questions. So look, not not wanting a label, that's your first red flag. Don't make that mistake again. Second red flag, is she sleeping with her ex while sleeping with you? You know, any woman who wants two guys, that's a red flag. You know, if she's happy, you know, sleeping with multiple men at the same time, that's that's a red flag because that's not normal. It it indicates somebody who's not particularly emotionally developed. They're still immature. They're still in that that phase of youth or, or um where they're seeking validation through other people. They're they're seeking that love, that fantasy, and it's a very immature state. A high quality woman will have grown out of that, and a high quality woman just wants one high quality man. You know that that top tier guy is going to satisfy her hypergamy. When a woman is in touch with her femininity, that's what she wants. That's what comes natural to her. So the fact that she wants two guys and she's sleeping with multiple men, that is a sure sign that she is out of touch with her real self, out of touch with what's normal for her as a woman, what's really feminine. It shows that she's not really ready for commitment. And so this is another lesson for all the guys listening. If a woman says to you, I still, I like you, but I still want to date around. You know, I still want to sleep with other guys. <laughs> Red flag, do not get involved because it shows that she's, she's not settled inside herself. She's not ready for commitment. She's not emotionally well adjusted. She's still chasing the highs of the, the quick validation uh, that comes with casual hookups and the salvation feeling that comes from, from seeing yourself through the eyes of another person. She's not an individual yet. So don't get involved. But if she says, I'm committed to you, I just want you, I, I see you as a really high value guy who can enrich my life and I want to spend my life with you. That's a good sign. You know, good stuff, good indicator. Go for it with that girl. All right, let's go, let's go back to the story. You found out that she slept with her ex. And I mean, it seems like it's over. I don't know why you'd, you'd trust this girl, but I guess at that point, there was, it was still early. You didn't have a reason to doubt her yet. So you say that you just swept it under the rug and just wanted to move on. Whoops, that was the exact opposite of what you should have done. What you should have done was started a long series of deep and potentially painful conversations. You know, you, you find out that the girl you say you're in love with has been having sex with another man the whole time you've been seeing her and, he, and she's never mentioned it to you and she's never mentioned you to him. That's, that is relevant data that you need to be aware of when considering whether to continue with the relationship. To just ignore that data, to not find out anything else, that is disastrous. How are you going to make a good decision if you don't have all of the important information? You need to ask all of the uncomfortable questions. You need to find out how often they slept together, what the sex was like, what she liked about him, why she didn't tell you about him, how she feels about him now. 
Now, you can backwards rationalize your decision by telling yourself, oh, I was taking the high ground, I was trying to be mature and just sort of move on and focus on the future. But, I mean, that is that is a crazy rationalization. You're absolutely wrong because your true motivation is you're just running away from the pain. You know, it hurt you to find out that this woman was sleeping with another man, that she doesn't care about you as much as you wanted, and you didn't want to deal with it. You know, you didn't want to feel all that pain. That's all that that is. You know, the reality was unpleasant and you didn't want to know the reality. And this is actually a common theme in your story. You know, you you do this a couple of times, so you didn't learn your lesson the first time. But we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. You essentially, you wanted to keep this this fantasy idea of a girlfriend who's utterly devoted to you in your mind. And you knew that confronting the evidence of what she'd done with her ex-partner and all of the relevant details would break your fantasy. It It would destroy the illusion that you had. And that would have been too painful to hear. But that was a pain that would have been cleansing. It would have been, you know, when like a massage therapist pushes on that sore muscle and it hurts, but ultimately it brings release. That's what it would have been like. There would have been a lot of pain, but it would have ultimately been extremely healing. And by not doing that, by not confronting it at the time, all this terrible shit that's happened, you know, afterwards, that's all because you avoided it now. You know, had you dealt with it right then and there, you could have saved yourself so much pain. So all of that confusion that came afterwards, that's ultimately your fault for putting it off. You know, don't avoid the hard stuff. And I'm not picking on you because I, I just, this is a, this is a really common thing. People do this. They do not want to deal with the hard stuff. They like to avoid it, you know? And I mean, we have a brain that is hardwired to avoid pain and seek pleasure. I understand that, but it is a strong indicator of intelligence if you're able to endure short-term pain because you know there's going to be a long-term gain. And in this instance, you made the absolute wrong choice because you avoided that short-term pain instead of confronting it, and the long-term consequences are way worse than whatever would have been just with those couple of uncomfortable conversations. Now, it does take a certain amount of time to learn this. You know, most people when they're young are going to look for the short-term pleasure, and they're going to avoid things. And so a certain amount of age and experience is probably necessary in order to learn this. But you say that you're 26 now. You know, you're obviously like a nice guy. Your intentions are good. I like that you reached out to me. You're very sincere. Hopefully now you can learn this lesson because if you learn this lesson, my God, you've got like like half of your emotional maturity set because this is so much of life, just this one core lesson. Everybody pay attention while I say this. When there's something uncomfortable, you have to look straight away. No matter how painful it is, do not avoid it. Deal with it straight away because the longer you leave it, it only gets worse. You know, it's like that that tub of yogurt in your fridge that you know expired last week, but you can't be bothered taking it out of the fridge and taking it outside and putting it in the bin. So you just leave it in the fridge. But if you leave it long enough, that task is going to get more and more unpleasant. It's going to grow mold and bacteria and start to smell and, I don't know, mess with your fridge, you know, infect all the other food. I don't know. But things get worse when you don't deal with it. Of course, it's unpleasant. Nobody likes to be in pain. Nobody wants to encounter uncomfortable situations, but they're unavoidable. That's life. Deal with it straight away. All right. Whew. That's enough of me lecturing people. <laughs> 
I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I, I'm trying to help. I, I always feel like I'm speaking to myself back before I learned these lessons. And I really wish somebody had given me the raw truth. And just, if I was ever avoiding something, somebody just slapped me across the cheek and said, cut that out, get your shit together. God, that could have saved me a lot of problems. And so hopefully that's what I'm providing for other people. Let's continue. Let's look at the third red flag, because this choice that you made to you know, uh, you graduated from college, you spent the summer together, but she still had her junior year to, to, to go through in college. And so you decided to give her her freedom, <laughs> whatever that means. You said that it was fine if she could see other people. And unsurprisingly, she takes advantage of that option that you've given her. She starts making out with other people. She sleeps with one of your close friends. I mean, in case that hasn't been clear what my opinion is on this woman, she is not a high-quality woman. This is not somebody you need to lose sleep over. Um, she's a disaster in her behavior. Who sleeps with your best friend or a close friend, even if you are in an open relationship? Uh, I mean, I don't know how many warning signs you necessarily need, but there have been plenty. This is the third major red flag, and it's indicating this is not a girl who's well-adjusted. She's still seeking her happiness in other men. She's, you know, she's not stable. And so this decision that you made, I mean, and this is where the responsibility comes back to you. Why did you offer her this freedom? I don't know if she was putting pressure on you or if you just decided to volunteer it out of nowhere. I mean, that just seems bizarre. Potentially, you, you kind of sensed that she was the kind of person who would cheat on you anyway. And so you, you did that, that rationalization, which more and more men are falling into the trap of, of, well, if I give her permission to cheat, then she'll not cheat on me. Or if I give her the freedom to be with other people, then she'll have no reason to break up with me in order to go for other people. Oh, what a disastrous thought process that is. So maybe that's what you're thinking. It's not what you said you were thinking. What you claimed is that you wanted to be selfless. So let's talk about that. I'll take you at your word and let's just say that you were guided by a desire to be a good guy and to be selfless. To, how did you put it? To let her see what else is out there. Understand. I mean, that, that is the wrong thing to, to do because nobody benefits from you being selfless because it's an act. It's not real. You, you can't be selfless. Selfless is, is not a reality. It's only illusion. You, you have a self, whether or not you own it, whether or not you're aware of it, undeniable, there is a self inside your being. You exist yourself. So if you're trying to act selfless, you're being deceptive. You know, you're just denying reality and denying reality <laughs> never never ends well so who does it help by you pretending to be selfless and engaging in this this um this illusion you know you know it doesn't help her you know you care about this girl um but you, and you want to have a relationship with her so you let her make out with other guys that's that's not good for her you know because she's then acting based on a a uh, an illusion, not on the reality, because you've not made yourself a relevant part of her data. You've tried to remove yourself artificially. You know, essentially, you you voluntarily failed a shit test that she wasn't even giving you. You know, she 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 didn't even pressure you to to make her open. You just kind of preemptively failed this shit test in an attempt to to ingratiate yourself with this woman. But I, I'll tell you right now, no woman is ever going to interpret this as you being generous, you being kind, you being progressive. If you preemptively offer a woman the ability to sleep with other men or to make out with other men, she's not going to think positively of you. She's not going to be going, oh, what a, 
what a progressively minded, you know, awesome guy who's so generous and trusts me. She's she's just going to see it as weakness. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if that seems rough or if it potentially seems like I'm I'm cynical about how women are going to interpret these things. But despite whatever exceptions you may be aware of, in 99% of cases, she's just going to see it as weakness. She's going to see your offer to allow her to be exclu- non-exclusive as you're a man who's not confident enough, who's not strong enough, manly enough to claim her exclusively. You know, what she's going to see and think is, why is he offering this to me? You know, maybe he he feels guilty about keeping me all to himself. Maybe he doesn't think that he's a high value guy. He's not worthy of exclusivity. Um, And so, okay, if he's not a high value guy and he's not worthy of exclusivity with me, I, I might as well go and see what options I have. You know, she's basically played into a frame that you yourself created. And it was a disastrous frame to create because it just puts you at such a disadvantage. You know, it, it just it just communicates so much weakness. Um, so, I mean, what do you do? What what if it? What if I've misinterpreted this? What if she did put pressure on you and you just caved in? If she said, "I'm interested in seeing other people," you know, should you then grant her that permission? Absolutely not. No, no, it's a shit test, and you, you'll fail if you do. You have to say. Uh, absolutely not. I'm a high quality man and I want to be with somebody who sees that I'm a high quality man, you know? And if you were capable of seeing me as I truly am and that I'm a high quality man, then you wouldn't need to be with other people. And so we're done. I'm not, I'm not interested. Basically, if she's interested in opening up the relationship, she's done with you. She's, she's looking to, to get permission to monkey branch, um, you know, to swing up and to try and find another person. But she does, she's selfish because she doesn't want to give up the immediate comfort that you're providing in a relationship until she's secured something better. And this is a low-quality woman engaging in low-quality behavior. Now, so just say absolutely not to her. I'm a high-quality man and I won't put up with that. Now, if you're not a high-quality man who can say that with confidence, well, your course of action is obvious. Become that high-quality man, you know? Raise your value until you can confidently say to a woman, like, if you're not satisfied with me, then there's a problem with you because I'm fucking awesome. You need to be able to say that. If you can't say that yet, keep working on yourself. Keep improving yourself. All right, let's continue because there is so much still in this story. So we fast forwarded two years. Uh, They got back together. It was a disaster as we absolutely knew that it would be. Uh, as a general rule, never go back to your exes. I, I can't imagine why there would ever be a good reason to restart a relationship with an ex-girlfriend. Don't, don't do it. It never ends well. All the statistics are against you. I mean, there are billions of women out there. Uh, as a man, it's, uh, you, you like novelty, you like variety, you like exploring new things. Don't go back to something that you already know and what you already know of it was was disastrous. Find another woman, you know? I mean, there's no reason to expect this woman to have changed and of course she starts acting weird and there's new problems in the relationship uh she starts acting shady as you say and so you know you go through her phone um i've mentioned this before but i'll just clarify in case people haven't heard that what my stance is ethically on snooping on going people through people's internet history and through their phones if you uh if you don't find anything then you should feel rotten about yourself you know you didn't trust them and you should have you invaded their privacy. What you did was unethical. Uh, you should feel rotten and ashamed. 
and you should probably come clean about it. You know, if you are snooping and you don't find anything, I think that you need to own up to what you did, admit that you've been insecure, ask for help, and really make a full account of your actions. It is not ethical to go through people's private things without their permission. However, if you're snooping and you find something, you find that they are talking to other people, (laughs) they are sleeping, they are cheating on you, then you are completely justified in snooping. You don't need to feel bad about yourself. You know, you are completely okay to violate their privacy or whatever because they already lied to you. You know, they acted first and you were just seeking confirmation and you have a right to know the relevant information that's going to be important for you to act out your life. They had no right to keep that information from you. If you're the kind of person, which 99.9% of us are, who doesn't want to get cheated on, then if a person's cheating on you, you have a right to know that. And if they want to keep that information from you, well, they've lost their right to privacy. So if you find something, it's absolutely it's absolutely fine to have gone through that stuff. That's my ethical stance. I don't know if you all agree with that, but that's that's my take on it. Now, in this case, you started snooping and I wonder, did you ask her first if she was still talking to these other guys? Because the first step is to ask. If you just go straight to snooping, then, you know, that's a that's not a particularly nice thing to do. But if you ask and then she denies it and you're still suspicious and then you snoop and you find something, then you're okay. In fact, you're you're twice as justified because you you already checked with her. You did the responsible thing, you asked first, and you only sought confirmation independent confirmation for yourself when she wasn't giving you an honest answer so yeah that's all good now she was talking to other people and she has not told them about you and she did not tell you about them not surprising you know it's highly suspicious it's just a another red flag and this facebook thing that's also highly suspicious she doesn't want to change her her public setting to indicate that she's in a relationship with you why not you know her response is i'm not really into that Facebook thing. I have no idea what that even means, but just, you know, put your foot down. Just say, I'm sorry, I'm uncomfortable with all these people speaking to you without knowing that we're official. I'm going to have to demand that you make a public announcement on your Facebook that we're in a relationship together. You know, if it's something that, oh, it's no big deal, sure, I'll do it. It's solved. Or if she's like, well, I don't really understand the Facebook thing, you'd be like, that's okay. Let me run you through it. Let me show you (laughs) how to do this. Um, but if she's, if she's not going to do it, if she kicks up a big fuss, really suspicious, another big red flag. And I'd say most likely she's cheating on you. So what happens next? Well, it's no surprise that you guys have an argument. You know, you've got trust issues. Well, you, you call them trust issues. I say that you're just acting rationally and, and sane because you should have trust issues. This woman is not trustworthy. And so having trust issues is the completely normal and rational response when you're in a relationship with a woman like this. So the relationship ends and uh, now she's with another man. And surprise, surprise, she's Facebook official with this guy. <laughs> of course she is. I mean, this is a woman who obviously can't be by herself. She lied to you when she said that she loves you and she just needs to be alone for a while. No, she's, she doesn't have the emotional maturity to be by herself. That actually requires a certain amount of independence, self-sovereignty, you know, self-ownership. Uh, self-development in order to be by yourself. Being single is actually hard, you know, um, and, and everybody needs to be able to learn how to be single before they can be with another person. Otherwise, you are going to be codependent in your relationship. And this woman's got massive issues. I think she's very insecure. And so in all likelihood, she was sleeping with this other guy beforehand and now she's with him, you know, 
and you know it might seem strange to you that they're wanting to get married in such a short period of time my guess is that it's not a short period of time they've probably been together for months or even years and she just never told you you know to her that may have even been her primary relationship so i mean your question was whether or not you should reach out to her if her new relationship fails oh i mean just just in asking that question it it my sympathy goes out to you brother but you you're so far off the mark and i really hope that you're taking this constructively i'm no i'm not pulling any punches and i'm giving it to you raw but i'm i'm hoping that that because you asked me directly and you you know you're familiar with my content that you know the kind of response you're going to get and i'm hoping that you'll appreciate that so i assume that you you want the truth and the truth is that you have a lot of work to do you know, uh, you need to completely forget about this woman. That's the first step. She's bad news. She's only going to bring drama. She's not a high quality woman. Completely forget about her. And then time to time to look inside. Time to look within yourself. You know, some really important questions to ask yourself. You know, number one, how did I miss all these red flags? Like, what was I looking at? You know, what did I believe that was making me blind to these red flags that are so obvious to everybody else listening to this story? You know, that's the first question. Number two, why did I tolerate this? You know, the cheating, the lying, the the open relationship, the the suspicious behavior. Why did I put up with it? Why don't I, as a man, have much stronger boundaries as to what an appropriate way to deal with me is? You know, do I have insecurities? Do I have low self-esteem? Do I, do I believe that I can't expect somebody to be nice to me? Why did I tolerate this? Why did I put up with it? And you know, another question, why am I fixated upon this particular girl? You know, what is it about her that makes her so attractive that you can't let go of her? Like I said, there's billions of women on the planet. Billions. Why, why, why waste any time thinking about this girl? You know, what, what, what specifically is it about her that you feel like you need in order to be happy? Try and isolate inside your mind what quality it is that this woman has you know, that you would have given her. I don't think this woman has much quality, but for whatever reason, you've projected some kind of specialness onto this girl. Why? Try Ask yourself that question. Now, this is very difficult to do just by yourself. So I really recommend speaking to a close friend um, or ideally speaking to a therapist because they're going to be able to ask you the questions that will push you to penetrate those areas of your mind that because of our resistance to pain, you're not ordinarily going to want to go into. So, this girl, she's not special. And I would ask you, I think you would you would know that if you had other options. And so I ask, how many other women are there in your life? Like, how many other women could you date? You mentioned some, but, I mean, are these women, what, what's wrong with these women? Are they, are they other low-quality women? That's what's making this original girl seem, seem really good. You know, if if you do have other high-quality women around you, then I don't think that you could date, that you had a realistic chance of being in a relationship with, I don't think you'd be giving this girl a second thought, which makes me wonder if this this fixation you have upon this girl is kind of just out of desperation. You know, maybe you you feel like she's your only option or you've got a fear of, of being alone or there's some magical memory that the two of you created that you, you're kind of addicted to the nostalgia, um, something like that. I, I don't know what it is. These are the questions to ask yourself. But my suspicion is that if you were surrounded completely surrounded by beautiful, high-quality women that you could easily date because you're a super high-quality guy, I don't think you'd ever think about this girl. You know, that's that's your best way out of this, out of this funk that you've gotten yourself into. So the solution is to get yourself into that state, you know? Start looking at your beliefs. 
particularly the stuff around the avoidance. You know, why, why, you, why you didn't act on these red flags, why you didn't have these difficult conversations. You know, what caused you to suggest that open relationship? You know, you gotta, you got to get some self-awareness, find out what it was inside you that was making you do these things. I mean, you say that you, you blame yourself for not making her happy. I mean, that, you're way, way off the mark here. You weren't going to make this girl happy. She's fundamentally unhappy inside herself. You know, you're investing your time and energy into the wrong girl. So don't blame yourself for not making her happy. You can blame yourself for a bunch of other things. You can blame yourself for not maintaining a masculine frame. You can blame yourself for not putting yourself first, for not having clear boundaries. You can blame yourself for not showing courage when you needed to, but not for not making you happy. You, that's, that's, <laughs> you're off the mark there. So, you know, you say that you're, you're still in love with her. My, my prediction is that years down the line, you're going to be in a real relationship with a really proper woman, a high quality woman, you know, and you're going to look back on this relationship and what you used to think love was, and you'll know that it wasn't real love that it was some kind of fantasy, something of your youth. But if you, if you take the right steps from now and you become that awesome person and you attract another awesome person into your life to spend your life with, you will get to know what real love is. And it will make this whole relationship and everything that came along with it just a, a dark chapter in your past that has nothing to do with love. So focus, focus forward. Forget about her and uh and work on yourself and i wish you good luck i really really appreciate you sending me this email i found your story very very interesting gave me lots to talk about i hope i hope i hope i hope that it wasn't too rough or too raw and that you got some value out of it and i hope for everybody listening that they got some value out of listening to this guy's story i think it takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability to send me your story like this and allow me to just kind of go to town on the psychology so i really really appreciate it if you want to send me some updates on how you're progressing or you want some further advice on on your situation and you just want to talk maybe privately to me, that's absolutely fine. You you just you stay in contact with me. I'm invested in you now. I want the best for you, brother. So absolutely feel free to do that. This brings us to the end because this was an email. There are no comments for this particular one. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you leave some comments below so other people know what you thought of this guy's situation and of the advice that I give. But that is it. I want to thank you so much for listening. Just uh, remember, if you want to support the podcast, if you enjoyed this, you know, sitting down with me for how long have we been? Like about an hour, hour and, hour and a half maybe. You got some value out of that. Maybe consider supporting me on Patreon. I'd love to have your support. Or just buy something from Man Made Media. You know, the money, the sales, that all comes directly to support the channel. Two great videos, one on booty calls, one on the ovulation of strippers. Check them out. Awesome hanging out with you guys. Hope you liked it. I will see you again next time.